We're on. I think we're on. There's recording up there. Hello and welcome to Nick and Doug's Sound Explosion, a pure podcast for now people. Today is August 3rd, 2020, and this is episode number... 22? 22. I got it again. You're you're on a roll. Uh, We do them like... With less than like or less than like a six month gap in between, it's easier for me to remember from. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, twenty two, twenty two. I'd say there's a. Uh, it's an Albert Brooks uh, Lost in America reference. Here's my question to you: Are you an Albert Brooks fan? And I think I know the answer. I don't know if I am. I think the only one Can't I ever hunt. saw was the thing defending your life. Is that defending your life? Yes. That might be the only thing I've ever seen. And I know that you and Sohn are big fans and huge uh, fans since like, I remember seeing him on Ed Sullivan and then Johnny Carson, literally think, my whole life. I don't think I like know I, anything else about him other than going to see that movie with you guys. He may be the one guy he shows up. Like on screen or on the screen, I start laughing sure. like instantaneously. Right. It's like BA telling a joke. Yeah, it's just one of those guys that yeah. uh, that cracks me up. But uh, real life, modern romance, modern love, modern romance, very underrated. Uh, uh, lost in America, defending your life. Okay. Yeah, yeah, highly recommend it. Uh, this is the podcast where Nick and I, yes, that means I'm Doug, talk about the issues. And when I say the issues, I, of course, mean the topics, topics right? The topics. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. As always, we like to start things off with the Columbia University in the city of New York sports update. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I figure there's uh, intro music. We'll edit that in. Great. Um, still nothing. Nope. There's a pandemic. There's nothing. There's no sports whatsoever. Right. Uh, I really hope that we don't have to start like rehashing highlights of past Columbia University games or, or performances, you know, like on ESPN. Um, having said that, if we were to do that. Yeah. Yeah. How about that 1934 Rose Bowl? I was going to say, wouldn't it be better if we were rehashing old ones? Because then you would have some stuff to choose from and... I happen to have a little, uh, a little, a little uh, review. Go ahead. Before, before we do that. Sure. Is there a, at least, is there one famous athlete from Columbia University of New York? We've been doing this podcast for 42 years. Yeah, I know. We've been talking about Columbia sports. Right. Do you listen to the podcast? No, I'm not saying that. I'm not talking I'm about just the, kidding. I'm not Lou Gehrig. Roster, listen, there's a roster of Columbia alums, Lou sports alums that I love. Oh, yeah. And cherish. You know, like that one guy and then the other, <laughs> the woman with the thing. There was, no, but, no woman with the thing. It was an all-boys school forever. It was. But yeah. then the, uh, <laughs> right, but I mean like main, mainstream, is it? Lou Gehrig. Okay. Although tech, uh, uh, non-matriculating, the two non-matriculating most famous people, and I'm not even positive I know what that means. I think they just kind of okay. showed up, but didn't go to class maybe. <laughs> or does it mean they didn't graduate? I don't think it's, I don't think it's maybe. That. I don't know. Okay. Because then I'm non-matriculating, by the right. way. Uh, Lou Gehrig and Stanley Kubrick. Huh. Although yeah. Stanley Kubrick, did he play a sport? No, he didn't play. Well, chess, but I don't think so. Uh, uh, so Lou Gehrig was a Marty Domris, who was an NFL quarterback for a little while, and I might be done. I'd have to. I have to look a little. Oh, uh, uh, wait. Didn't Sid Luckman? Did he go to Columbia? 
I have to look that. I know he went to an Ivy League school. I'm pretty sure he went to the Ivy League. Maybe he didn't go to Columbia. Okay. But anyways, but I'm going with uh, Lou Gehrig. Okay. Uh, in one of the greatest upsets in college football history, according to the Columbia University Archives, sure. the Columbia Lions defeated the Stanford Indians 7-0 at the 1934 Rose Bowl game. By the way, the, the Stanford Indians changed their name to the Cardinals in 1972. Okay. So they're way ahead of the, uh, the curve. And yeah. then 10 years later, they changed it to the Cardinal. Singular. Yeah, right. It's. I was going to ask. It's singular. So wait, it was yeah. plural for a little while, and then they switched it to singular for ten years. Yeah, they were the Cardinals, and then the Cardinal. That's. I would have loved to have been there for the meetings about that. <laughs> Here's what we're going to do. Right. We're getting. I wonder. Right? If they're they're like, like, is anybody else have any other new business? And someone raises their hand. They're I got like, something. Oh. I don't know. I just think we should go to the singular. Uh, by the way, the 34 Rose Bowl, the orange was the game because the orange and cotton bowls didn't start until 1935. Huh. Uh, there is footage, by the way, some black and white footage. You can also yeah. see the poor field conditions due to rains that week. I think that helped the team. Okay. How did they score? Cliff Montgomery, the quarterback, executes the hidden ball play known as KF-79 and passes to Al Barnabas for the one goal of the game at 5-13. That sounds awesome. Is there, you said there's footage of that, you think? Yes, there is. There's a little like, uh, you know, like the Pathé, like newsreels of the day that you would see in movie I would like to see theaters. that hidden ball play. I think it says in the video, you can see how the Lions defense forced multiple fun, multiple fumbles to end Stanford's drive. I, mean, I don't know if you can see the hidden ball play. Okay. Take it back. Uh, it's from you gotta a pay extra for that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hmm. How about that? Cliff Montgomery, not Montgomery Cliff. Sadly, no. And Al Barnabas, not Al Barnaby's of pizza fame. Mm, that's delicious pizza. It uh, that's one of there's like a handful of restaurants that I never want to see with the lights fully on. Oh yeah, that's one of them. Right, that is absolutely one of them. But that was so exciting as a kid because you got to walk up and yeah. see them making the pizza pizza behind glass, and it was like a little wood bench that you could stand on as a kid and look sure. right into the kitchen. It was and you got pictures of like Pepsi. Yeah, so, you know when you're seven, that was just unbelievably great. Yeah. Uh, we also, we always follow that, uh, with the Jewish joke of the show punchline only. Uh, yeah, let's do this. You ready? I am. Oi, was I thirsty? <laughs> <laughs> That's good. It's, you know, it's just, it's classic material. It is. I yeah. say this every week, but I am going to get around to editing those together. I'm going to go back. Oh. I like it. And make it. That's really where it's going to take off. A super cut of podcast. all of those. I love it. By the way, could you hear the uh, the landline ringing there before? Did the microphone? I wasn't listening. No. Okay. Good. I don't me. listen to the show. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you'd never would have guessed. Uh, so, what do you want to talk about? I have a topic. Let's go. All right. So, because of the pandemic, I've had yes. time to go through uh, bins of stuff. I've okay. saved over the years, yep. um, like 
I, I make it during the pandemic like I didn't have time before that right. to do that. But but I have and and got stuff out of bins out of the garage this last time and a lot of um a lot of photos. I actually went through a boatload of photos and wrote who was in the photo on the back. Oh smart. Yeah, because 20 years from now, yeah, it's gonna be. And I'm gonna say there's a handful of people I like just very few. I had no idea. I knew sure. roughly who they were. No names. Couple people, first name only. Right. Um, you're in a lot of these photos, by the oh, way. Oh, nice. I just yes. We used to be very, very young. Yeah. Not that we don't look fantastic now, but sure. We used to be much younger. When I was younger, I was definitely younger. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it shows in the photos. Yeah. Uh, we got so do, uh, do you have a scanner? You should do some scanning. I do. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of work. Listen, while you sit there while you're watching TV and you just feed them through. Oh, that's true. I could do that. Or just take, is it better to scan or just take like iPhone photos of them? Uh, you could do that. I mean, the scans are going to come out better. If you use a little the better. scanner, it'll be All better. All right. I might throw some in there and put together a little montage. Yeah. Uh, so I was going through a Merci lot of stuff. Beaucoup. Ah, you know, I love when you speak Japanese. The uh, uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, say it again. No, <laughs> sorry, I knew the best. Yeah, um, uh, so going through stuff that I had saved over the years, mostly high school and college. Yeah. Uh, apparently, I was somewhat mildly obsessed with Mayor Jane Byrne of oh. Chicago, like saving like clippings and stuff. Clippings of stuff like her on the front page of the Reader, the picture of her with the Blues Brothers, with her and her daughter, with like fedoras and cigarettes hanging out of their mouths. Hilarious. Uh, the shot of her and her husband, Jim McMullen, in the, at the kitchen table when they moved into Cabrini Green for the week. Um, like other things that I knew that I'm pretty sure a few of them were when I was living in New York. And, uh, and but so it, it raised my question, is there anything that you look back on and were oddly uh, infatuated with? Yeah. Um, but one thing that comes to mind right off the top of my head is uh, sort of electoral politics and the way that government, especially the federal government works. When I was like nine or 10, I was super into it. I had a book that was called something like, you know, how the government works or something like that. Right. And it explained in a fair amount of detail, you know, the house of representatives and the senate and how you know bills and laws work and and electoral stuff and then around that time was the uh jimmy carter's campaign no sorry that would be 70 yeah i was nine years oldish and i had like clippings from newsweek about the elections and i knew about the electoral college and i knew the numbers and i was like i was super nerded out about that and it 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 never seemed I mean, it's just, you know, it's just something I was interested in. Right. Um, and then, right, then much later, I was like, oh, I was a nine-year-old cutting stuff out of Newsweek magazine about electoral politics. I'm like, that's a little, that's a little maybe different. There used to be a board game that, like, oh, gosh, like, I don't know, I don't know if it was called election or a lot, but they had all 50 states and it listed all of, like, how many electoral votes each one right had and so i remembered because it was numbers and always like still intrigued yeah. by numbers that um i remember i used to like 
could name like roughly how many electoral votes every state had right based on because of this game that's uh that's interesting yeah mine yeah. apparently jane Byrne. um you know some things were obvious like the clash and and the ramones and saved yeah. a few magazines like that and uh uh, some other stuff and but also like Chicago politics I still have the my guess is the Chicago Tribune big full page color photo of Alderman Vito Marzullo holding Chicago's number one Italian beef sandwich nice. which is pretty much as Chicago as it gets sure. then and now yeah I would right say up there. but it is it was just it was funny coming across a huge number of postcards and letters that people wrote because at the risk of sounding like you know my grandfather it is that's how you you know talk to people because when i was in college like i had a phone but you rarely called somebody because it was long distance and it cost a lot of money money, right Right. Yeah. yeah and you would do like the trick where you would call somebody uh collect they would say no, like they would not accept the charges and then they would just call you back right? because it was cheaper like because they were at their parents' house or something mm-hmm. like ridiculous, mm-hmm. some other things. And I remember every so often, um, well, they're both, neither one is with us now, uh, calling my dad's house and when his second wife uh, would, well, it was his only wife at the time. I don't mean that there were like a couple, <laughs> wife right. number six would Sequentially, answer. Sequentially, not... <laughs> Exactly. Uh, she would. I would just hang up because I knew. Uh, well, one, there was no caller ID, yeah. uh, so I could get away with it. And sure. two, uh, I knew that she would keep me on the phone for way too long, and I, right. I just I didn't have that kind of money. Yeah. Back then, even you know. Yeah. So um, uh, uh, I forgot where how that. Uh, yeah, letters started. and postcards. But, yes. right. but letters and postcards, and really just like stuff that was, wow, a lot of time on our hands. And, uh, yeah. you know, and very um, bizarre, obscure. Beesh and I, at one point when we were in, we were probably junior high-ish, maybe the very beginning of high school. No, it's probably junior high. Um, wrote each other some letters where we wrote in, we were big into Lord of the Rings at the time. Okay. And there was stuff in the, I forget, I think in the Lord of the Rings books and like one of the appendices they had like the, <laughs> Was the uh, Elvish alphabet? Ooh! So we didn't use the language because we didn't know the Elvish words for everything, but we used the letters to basically write in English, but using those characters is up in there. Nice. It's a process to draw out those. Characters. Oh, I'm. I am. I, I totally. A, we had the time, and B, we had the eyesight at the time there's also that's also that and probably the less shaky hand when putting pen to yeah, paper as well much, i think i've pretty much always had bad handwriting as far as i can uh yours is i don't know if i've ever seen more than like a couple sentences on a postcard uh-huh so i would have to say or it's like representative yeah but never like like i've never seen like a full, like to read like a full sure. sheet, kind of a different right. thing. I mean, I've seen like your song lyrics and stuff written out, but that's different because it's right. in stanzas and right. and so forth. Um, interesting. No, mine is my handwriting, very, very tiny, all capital letters. Um, and some, I think it's perfectly legible. Yeah, I converted to, I think when I realized how 
poor my handwriting was and that I like was not forming certain letters well. And I don't know when this was, this could be like 20 years ago or something like that. I switched to like caps and small caps, right? Yeah. Instead of, exactly. um, instead of lowercase letters. And I've been doing that ever since. That's sort of a, um, I think I was inspired by uh, my friend Keith Cunningham, who was like an architecture student or whatever in college or something like that. And all those guys, all those cats who like did like, you know, took drafting classes or whatever. I'm sure my brother right. knows how to do it too, right? They like, they would all write in those kind of architecture person caps and small caps. And I was like, maybe I should do that. Maybe yeah. that'd be a little more legible. There you go. Do they, do they still teach cursive? In I heard that school? they, I don't know. I mean, I've heard that they don't, that recently schools, a bunch of schools stopped doing it. I would have no problem if, excuse me, if they all stopped. I have no problem. I mean, to me, it's yeah. one of those things. It's it's so archaic and it's like, ooh, when is it? You don't even have to sign anything. Right. No, I agree. Anymore. I agree. So it's it seems just, weird just at first reaction to think about like literally not knowing how to read or write those characters. But, yeah. But then again, right. Like, does it really? Do you really need it? Right. I mean, I can yeah. still read them. I'm pretty sure. Right. I know for a fact I can't do all the capital letters because I never could. Yeah, well, even when that are tricky, the key, them. the Q. Yeah, and so I don't. I have no idea. And um, other right. than like my signature and like yours, illegible anyways. Yeah. As far as like the actual letters. Well, that actually ties into my bad penmanship. I was like, right. Why am I bothering trying to like articulate all of these? letters in my name when you can't read them anyway like even when i'm trying right. you can't read them so i'm like why don't i just stop trying yeah it's liberating it, it indeed it's just one less thing to have to yeah. deal with um and until i write like you know a constitution of a country in the 1700s i feel fine that yeah, i won't, then i would uh, take my time right but yeah it was like when I, at some job i had i had to sign a lot of papers and I was like, I don't want to just, this is exhausting, right? To keep doing right. the elaborate thing over and over. I'm like, I just simplify it. And now, I mean, especially, I mean, when do you sign things? You docu-sign. Basically, so, yeah, almost. Yeah, docu-sign. so that's not on the computer. And then if you go to a store, you know, the rare time you have to sign for your credit card, well, you don't, they're not the checking. Rare time you're time not that putting your Check that, right? Are they that checking it against never. Something? Yeah, I mean, that never, ever happens. Right. Uh, and now sort of alternately with the pandemic. Yeah. Have you found anything new about yourself or changes, whether it's about attitude or, you know, or, or philosophy or anything like that? Because I'm going to say the one I have found, and I don't know if it's a product just of age, but I think maybe it's been spurred on the pandemic. I find myself wishing uh, a greater harm to certain people <laughs> where I used to not. And I used to be like, you know, I'm not that person, but now there's a handful, many of them elected officials, yeah. but other people like seeing out on the street and, or doing being people right. where now it's like, no, I, I hope that person suffers, you know, yes. not necessarily and then based on the length of time I want them to. Right. To suffer painfully. Yeah. I think that's valid. Um, 
I have some of the same thing. I think mine, I don't know where it nets out because I encounter and pay attention to far fewer people. But the Should people, be right, exactly. Because I don't really deal with that many people and I don't really go places and stuff like that. So, but you know, but the small sampling I do get, there's still plenty of people that are annoying, right? If I walk up and down the street, there'll be a few people driving 45 miles an hour down the side street that I live on and like, right. Right. So percentage wise, I'm not sure. It might be, it might be worse. I definitely don't encounter a ton of people around like, Oh, that person was terrific. Their behavior was awesome. <laughs> like there's yeah. a few, right. there's a few. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't. So I hear you on that. Uh, I think it's valid to want to wish, wish some people harm. Let me think if I have any. Boy, I, don't know I mean, some I... of it's just, I mean, but strictly, you know, because of the pandemic, like right. the, the thought of going to a restaurant, like now seems incredibly foreign. I think some of my, uh, to me, yeah. I think some of my predilections are now sort of validated or justified by the circumstances right because i didn't really want to go to restaurants before right and now it's like well now i don't have to really make an excuse to not go i can just not go i don't have to have a whole um you know i don't have to have a whole justification or an excuse or whatever exactly and now is also right i mean i always try to avoid parties or large gatherings yeah, right. anyways and now like i mean i was really good about just saying no anyways and but you know whatever you know uh, avoiding the pressure of it or deflecting the pressure of it but now right. it's like yeah no i'd love to pandemic right yeah so that helps but it is i found like myself definitely the change is just baffled even more so by people and wishing like you know what i kind of hope something kind of nasty happens to you yeah i don't blame you yeah um yeah i've got a good i've got a good dose of that for sure yeah um yeah i don't know i'm hmm. i'm not See? sure if i have a, a i don't think i have a radically different attitude about people or the world i think a bunch of stuff is I think it's just sort of reconfirmed a lot of things that I already thought or felt. Um, and then, you know, I think it's, it's probably other things in the last X number of years, let's say, you know, five or 10 or 50 or whatever that have, um, I think, um, sort of reinforce the idea that we can be fairly adaptable and maybe more so than we think we can. And I think that's, that's interesting. That's actually encouraging to me, at least personally, right. For myself or whatever. Right. And I, I totally get that. And I totally like, I mean, it just seems right. How quickly we've adapted to these current circumstances. And it's really what four, five, four months, five, four and a half months. Right. Like an entire attitude and, and how you go about your day has changed. Yeah. At least for people who, you know, care about other people. It yeah. has. I mean, and I feel like, I don't know. I mean, 
making changes can be difficult and like especially if you have to initiate them right as opposed to like things changing around you and you having to deal but i think when things right. change i don't know i think a lot of us are we're actually pretty adaptable even if we don't think we are like we're oh i think if we choose to be yeah we we definitely are as yeah. as as just physical beings absolutely yeah. yeah and even like i don't know i think about situations you're in that seem weird at first or something you don't like and then after a while you're like you don't even notice it anymore or whatever right. it is you know so um yeah i think it's that can be good that can be helpful to remember right? yeah remember that like yeah you know what stuff can change and it might suck for a while but then you'll probably actually be okay or you'll yeah. find a way to be okay with with certain things exactly um, no I, I totally agree and it's really it's been a that part has been fascinating like just kind of being self-reflective and seeing how you not only adapt to the situation, but your attitude towards the, towards yes. the situation and right. towards things that before may have bothered you a little bit now really bother you a lot or vice versa. Things that like used to bother me now, it's like, oh, why was I, you know, upset about that? Right. But I do wish physical harm upon a number of people who I'm happy to name at some other point. Listen, it's totally valid. It's totally valid. <laughs> uh, now it's time for the philosophical question of the show. Okay. Although you would think that all these other things have been sort of philosophical say, questions. Think, yes. Right. Like, I'm not sure how that's going to be distinct from yeah. talking about, but okay. You know, but this is, but you know, we have Branding. a format. We yeah. got it. You know, I'm not changing. Listen, yeah. we have sponsors to please and that stuff. precisely we have, like, we have intro music to listen to. Reputation to uphold, yeah. Exactly. You ready? I am. What is wrong, if anything, about protectionism? And when I say protectionism, I mean the theory or practice of shielding a country's domestic industries from foreign competition by taxing imports. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, My gut instinct says it's it's a world economy, and that you know the the like really trying to protect industry goes against well one capitalism in that sense market value free markets of course the problem is when you have slave labor in parts of the world yeah you can obviously sell things uh cheaper but i always feel like it i, I don't think it works is the real problem yeah my also my thing with those things is like there actually are no free markets there's no such thing there's agreed no, there's only markets and they're all skewed in rigged in one way or another or multiple ways and stuff like that so that idea whenever somebody makes an argument based on free market i'm like that's that's nonsense right um it, and by the way we you don't want a real free market right <laughs> right you know global economy especially nowadays right but the thing is you have to think about it like from like 
when you think about whether or not the question is sort of whether protectionism is good or bad, right? Then it's like, well, to for who, right? Because the economy is sort of on some level global, like the world is global. We are interrelated in whether it's the environment or goods and services or whatever. But the only economy people care about is their personal economy. Yes. Right? So you ask people these things, and I think it, if, it's, if it's if it has to do with their job or their money, if it's going to make it go up, they're interested. If it's going to make it go down, they don't like it. And they're not or thinking the- about it. Phil, no one's, very few people are like, yeah, this would be worse for me and my family, but I think it's the right thing. Let's do that. Yeah, I, I, agreed. That's not just not how people work. So, um, I don't know. So I guess it depends on what, like, what Zoom level you're talking about, right? If you're, if you're talking about on the level of a country, like, does it make sense for them to protect their? I don't know. Let's pick a country, right? Some random country. I don't know what Burkina Faso's uh, main economy, economic thing is, or like I was going to say Chad or whatever. Right? Okay. Chad. Is Chad still a country? Yeah, it is. Okay. Um, I mean, it's not one that changed its no. Name. Their neighbor okay. Sudan split into Sudan and South Sudan. Is that right? Yeah. That's huh. a thing. Okay. So, right. If you're in Chad and whatever the industry of Chad is, and the like, do they? And it's a big part of their local economy right Right. within their country do they want to protect that against outside countries who would come and profit from going into that same business you know in their market it's like yeah i get that yeah right so i think it's like it's again like it's about the sort of zoom level like what's the what are the boundaries you're talking about um you know this is comes down to like hyper local stuff too people you know and then you've got the leverage of you know bigger entities that have more resources and can have more leverage versus smaller ones right whether it's like farming stuff or restaurants or grocery stores or whatever um so yeah i don't know i don't know i mean It's hard to, I mean, it's, 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 I'm sort of, a, a, I don't know, like tariffs and putting in taxes on certain things coming right. in the country. Like, I don't know, at the same token, if you, especially, well, let's talk United States. Right. You're bringing in, whether it's cheaper steel, whether it's right. cheaper iPhones, right. whether it's cheaper televisions, those kinds of things, at the same token, we have people selling, making a living selling those. Right. That's right. And people, you know, opening up stores that pay rent and hire people to sell them. Right. Um, I don't know. I just think that that sort of artificial taxing and picking and choosing on certain, uh, uh, and products. Right. Well, and I think always leads to unintended consequences. Yeah, I think that's right. And people argue, you know, can make arguments that you're leveling playing fields and stuff, but like for whom? Right. Field and, you know, and it's different, right? The United States is very different because um, 
Just the sheer geography of it. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to say. I mean, there's the resources and stuff, but then there's also just the distance from most other countries, which is different in the modern world than it used to be, you know, even 40 years ago or something. It's a, right. It's a different ball game, but you know, it's so, you know, Luxembourg protecting itself in one way when you've got, you know, France and Germany and whatever, and all these places that were, it's like right down the road a piece, right. Versus the United States protecting itself from China, which is, you know, a little bit more of a project or from, you know, if we'd use the same analogy, right. Yeah. You know, for people from businesses or industries from France to try to get a, to use their leverage in the United States, a little different than them using their leverage right next door. So I don't know. I mean, it's tricky, right? Cause you're right. Someone like a lot of these things like um, individual or the micro level, there's going to be some real upside and some real downside for people. And then if you right. think like on the more macro level for the country, if you're the president of a country and you're trying to think about like, okay, what's the net, you know, I'm going to lose 10,000 jobs, but I'm going to make 50,000 over here. So exactly. And this is the whole thing with like, you know, people are like, well, why don't you just retrain the people in a new industry and stuff like that? Well, I don't know. That's not really how it works in it's a, for people. Right? It does. So, yeah. I mean, so on a very small level, but it's not this sort of instantaneous. Right. It's not instantaneous. You know, and it's like not going to work for each of the individuals. Correct. It might work for some of them and maybe it might right. even work for a majority of them, but it's definitely not going to work for all of them. It did totally. And that may be a good place to stop. It maybe it is a place to stop it's a place to stop it's a good it's pretty good okay uh you can email us at nick and dougs at gmail.com yeah. and you can follow us on the twitter and the instagram but i'm still yeah you know, not really? i don't want to say boycotting but i'm just still i've i've taken it off the phone and yeah. i don't post and i don't look at it and me i too. don't miss it for a second me too um you, although I guess I looked up, someone told me you can do like the Instagram and not allow comments. Oh, yeah. Okay. That makes sense. So that's why I said, well, maybe taking a picture, maybe we do that just as an announcement, but that way you can't. Is anyone commenting on our ever things ever? Oh my God. It is the, like these long, it's the blowing up. Rod? No, uh, but it's no, still, I don't. I, what it does, it also, there's no then temptation to look if anybody's commenting oh, yeah. on any of our, our accounts. It wouldn't even occur to me that, didn't even occur to me that someone would comment. On this one, people do, yeah. Instagram, I mean. On the Instagram say? thing and stuff happens. And I always figured with, you know, not being on there, there's no one who can't get in touch with me somehow. On there, it's like we told just told people what the email is. We There's did. also a hot dogs website that has a place to email. <coughs> yep, excuse you me. know, uh, and it's like that. If you really want to, you know, if you're only the only way you can talk to somebody's Instagram or Facebook Messenger. Yeah, there are other issues here than that. Yeah, right. No, and it's kind of like when you know over the years uh, there have been occasions where people have suggested to me that maybe I want to get on Facebook and they're like, 
oh, you know, you can whatever, keep up with this person. You, you hear from this person. I'm like, right. oh, I'm good. No, like, I totally agree. Like, That's what high school reunions are for. Right. And if I go to, and which, uh, well, although like, mine, I have a big one this year that obviously will not happen. Right. Um, oh, maybe via Zoom. I'm busy that night. Uh, and any friends I have, I keep yeah, up with. That's right. If someone really wanted to get in touch with me, they could probably do it. I think fairly so easily. I want the barriers to entry. Like I want a little bit of a higher bar. Like yeah. And if I really want to get in touch with them, I will. And right. otherwise, like it's fine. I knew you at some point in my life, and you knew me, and now we don't, and that's okay. And that doesn't make doesn't mean I don't like you or have any ill will. It's just I I don't need to. I also it's just me. I mean, this is other people are different. Like. I don't need the extra information. I don't need the extra. It's it's too much for me. I don't totally. Need, I want a totally. Simpler, it, it, I want a simpler life. And I was going when I was earlier talking about going through the bins of stuff and going through photos of people, yeah, yeah. and I was like, oh, that's so and so. That's great. And that that's was fun. an interesting part of my life. And and in you know, uh, I enjoyed their company then. And if I really right. wanted to to stay in touch with them, I would have. Right. Yeah. And, or that's just the way, maybe I would be interested, but that's just the way life goes. And I don't know how much like work I want to do in some of these cases. Not that it, like, right. if I ran into the person, they're like, Hey, I'm so-and-so I'd be like, Oh, super. How are you? Right. right? And there's but, no one who I've gotten in touch with like later who I've stayed in touch with. I yeah, feel yeah. kind of like if I didn't see you for 30 years and then you emailed me and we emailed back, that was it. Yeah, right. And I, it's like, I genuinely, you know, some people like you just, I see them and I'm like, Hey, it's great to see you. How are you? Your life is, you're okay. They're like, yeah, I'm okay. I'm like, that's great. Absolutely. Oh, no, no, right. Like, Absolutely. I don't need to then like, we don't need to become best pals and start hanging out all the time or something. But right. That's fine. That's enough. It's good. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and I also don't feel from certainly a news standpoint, there is nothing I don't know because of what's going on in the world because I'm not on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram. Yeah. I mean, also then you realize like, what do you really need to know? How much of that is like actionable intelligence? Like what there's is, also that exactly. Know, and, Cause the answer is not very much. And I can tell no. you from experience for someone who hasn't like watched the news in a couple of years and doesn't read the stuff and hasn't looked at a news website in four months. It's like, yeah, you don't, you don't really need it. It's just, it's a lot of commentary and chatter and like things that you're not going to be able to influence or have any impact on. And True. I still, I like reading the newspaper and I read yeah. it every morning Good. and then I'm done and I feel, okay, that's great. But it doesn't like, it doesn't, therefore I don't, you know, have bananas in the cereal. I do something else because I've read the paper right? by any means, but it is, but the, 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 it isn't, it's a, the newspaper at least is still the majority of it is actual news, not commentary in the newspaper, yeah, in the, in the Chicago sun times. And by majority, I mean, slim majority it's reporting. This is well, what happened. This, this is these stuff, right? It's, it's just regurgitation of press releases and like, repetition of someone said this it's not really like some of that right and that's what that's so much of like 
yeah. I think what Twitter is. It's like, did you see what he tweeted? It's like, I don't care. Right. Right. Like those are the kinds of things. Um, do you have anything to plug? Oh, absolutely not. All right. I'm going to say buy again, buy them. Think jerky. Good and good for you. Thinkjerky.com. I just ate some the other day. Did you? Thank you. It's yeah, good it's stuff. Saturday, I think. Every so often, like you're, you know, three o'clock, you don't want like a granola bar. You don't want something like sweet. You've had enough fruit, a little protein, a little bag of the think jerky. Delicious. What's in there? It's just you don't want dried meat. Don't ask those questions. I mean, I could look at the package. You could. It's beef. It's basically beef and seasonings. That's it. Okay. Yeah. This one, particularly no chemicals, no stuff you can't pronounce. It's beef and it's, uh, it's seasonings. That's it. Spices. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, one day you'll have to tell me. I don't really understand how it's made. You, uh, the idea. Uh, no. Well, it can be. Usually it's just dry, like in an oven, okay. like a really low. You can make it yourself, like a really low oven, like cut strips, do season it. And then, I mean, it's not the best way to do it, but it's okay. essentially, I know Alton Brown does one, the Good Eats on a Food Network. I remember watching years ago. There's a box fan involved and all. It's very elaborate. And I got to the end of it and going, or I could just walk over to the store and buy some beef jerky. Sure. But it's basically, you're, the idea is you're pulling out all the moisture. Yeah, okay. So that it intensifies the flavor, but it's really designed. Is that the, what the word desiccated means? Is that? I thought that was chewed up. Is that what that is? Is that what that is? What's the word I'm looking for? That when it's oh, I guess dehydrated is just dehydrate. Yes, essentially. So what you're doing is because what you know, uh, moisture. Like desiccated, it's like sliced up or whatever, right? Like like chewed, like if it, up, like yeah. chewed. Yeah, it you're pulling out of the moisture because that's where bacteria thrives. So if you don't have any moisture, you don't you don't have a growing area for bacteria, so your meat won't rot. It's, it was designed like refrigeration, like salting, like smoking, like curing. Like, this is like Wild West shiz, right? This is like Yeah, essentially where, you know, they would do that so that their meat, it would last a, a yeah. longer time. Um, it's also there, uh, it used to be, they would do a lot of that stuff with cattle, like on a cattle drive that you're out for whatever, you would take some and you would dry sure. it out sure. there. And, and so you would always have the protein. Uh, it's also where the dish son of a bitch stew comes from, which when you kill the, the cow or bull, I guess, steer, uh, you take, since the innards will rot fast, you take all the innards and make a stew out of it, mm. hook the heck out of it, and then you eat that first. And Delightful. then you have the, you sort of keep track of what's, what's going to rot. Huh. Oh, yeah. Oh, we like to educate on the podcast. Yeah, it's good. I learned yeah. some stuff. Remember, kids, don't litter. Be kind to those less fortunate than you. And as always, keep up the good work. And wash your hands, practice social distancing, wear a freaking mask, and pick up after your dog. And again, the speed limits on the streets and highways are still in effect. Until next time, 